Oh, are there any uh, questions? Is there something online? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Yes. I have a question, Stefan. Um, I may come away from this uh, teaching tonight thinking that now I don't need to meditate, I don't need to study, I don't need to uh, go to therapy, mm. and because I'm already there. Um, yet for many of us that's not the experience. Um, and it seems that these progressive methods actually helped us to get closer to what we really are, as you as you put it. Mm. So, so I'm just wondering about this this uh, um, dichotomy or this this um, yeah that these methods these progressive methods actually seems to help us to be more susceptible to the to the experience of mm. it or whatever you may call it. Could be. Not sure. I'm not sure if there's a correlation. What I see often that it, uh, it that that it is quite difficult to practice in a way that it actually makes your life lighter. And and if that is happening, then then that's good. I mean, at least you don't make it more difficult than it already is. <clears throat> and. Uh, I mean, we have to do something with our time. And this is uh, something to do, which is, if we do it in a gentle way, or progressive path methods. I mean, there's probably more people harmed by yoga than really helped. At least when it's taught by this six weeks yoga teachers or something. Uh, and also in, in meditation, uh, yeah, there is a question mark if you know, these kind of spiritual practices people do really make them kinder and more compassionate and more creative. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. Uh, but it's right. There is a big difference in like saying. Yeah, I'm already awakened, and I'm already the always, always uh, the ever-present witness, and not experiencing it. That's a big difference. So, if someone goes away from here and says, "Oh, I don't need to do anything. I don't need to study. I don't. I don't need. I don't need. Uh, I don't need to meditate." Uh, that's just parrot talk. Because that's, I mean, if that would be really the experience, then this person might say, yeah, I don't need to meditate, and I don't need to have more self-development. This is so interesting. I'm an explorer. I'm doing this for the benefit of all beings, to bring them to the same. And for that, I need to help on a relative level. If someone has a panic attack, 
it's unlikely uh, that that person, or it's not so likely that that person shifts into awakening than a person who has some relative provisional placebos to have more space around having anxiety. And then that person might be in the same as with food and so on and so on. Uh, so there is that, uh, that, 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 and it's appropriate to, uh, to, to try to feel better. It is appropriate and to learn methods uh, for yourself and for others which help, which make you help, which make you feel better. But nothing of that will bring you closer to this. And for me, the, the correlation between practice and awakening, it's still so strong that I would put my cards into that, even if there's doubt. There is a bit of a challenge there in terms of are we brave enough to really put our put our view into the direct path. As you see, I have not figured this one out. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm still a, a really passionate explorer of placebos. Not only for myself, but uh, for uh, for so that I have a toolbox uh, which I can share with other people. Most people I meet don't get at all what I'm trying to point to with a direct path. I need to have other stuff to say. I need to make sense. I need to give something I need to give something to people so that they feel, yeah, it was worth to pay the money. <laughs> and I, I, I enjoy the relative benefits, uh, like a kind of McDonald mindfulness practice, practice brings to people. I enjoy that, to see that. I enjoy when fe people feel better. It makes me happy. And still there is also a bit of a sadness there, a bit of a helplessness, because I know this is just a placebo for illusionary people. And I, I pray that, <laughs> that somehow in all of us uh, this shift uh, from identifying with the narrative self to identifying with freedom uh, will happen. 
and all of us. That's my hope for this planet. Because the narrative selves, they are suckers. They bleed out this place. Even good narrative selves. So, when someone, you know, would say this to me, like, yeah, wow, I don't need, I, I can do whatever. Because, you know, I'm already a Buddha, then, then I would say it's bullshit. You have not deserved this sentence. You have not earned this sentence. Everyone can read a non-dual book and, and memorize it and then, and, and it's just, and you feel it, you know. You feel it if, if someone has kind of memorized some non-dual talk and uh, is just like a parrot and is repeating it and it's just the narrative self wearing some ornaments of non-duality. So you feel that. And for some people when they say it, then I feel, yeah, right. Just stop meditating. And start again if you do it as an explorer, not as a seeker. But the way most people say this, you can feel, you can see, they speak for a seeker. Seeking has not ended. You can't stop seeking by saying, oh, I stopped seeking, there's nothing to find, there's nobody here. That's not how you stop seeking. Seeking, the, the, the end of seeking happens, and then it's genuine. And, and still, somehow, I mean, even great masters, you know, from whom you feel, if anyone got it, then them, yeah, they, st they still display the aspect of practicing. They never stop. That it's a different kind of practicing. It is a practicing as, as a celebration of awakening. It's a practicing as an exploration. Because also as, a, as someone wanting to share awakening, you need to uh, learn the languages of the people you talk with. You need to meet people where they are. So you, you even explore practices and methods you, you would never, uh, which would, are not your, not your, not your thing. Yeah? But I mean, within the experience of awakening comes the responsibility to wake up everyone. Okay, ask me again in two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a question.
question, two questions here. Um, so the first one from Suzanne. Um, when I let go and trust, there's no longer neti neti, there just is. I am no inside or outside. Can you comment? Yeah. <laughs> so, this descriptions like that, they, they are our attempts to put words on, onto this undescribable experience. And, you know, there's common, you know, in these sentences, you find them in the, in the sharings of the mystic tradition. So you recognize the flavor. And then, depending on who is saying that, you feel this is the real deal. And since I... Is, is this Susanna? Yeah. So since I know her, I know it's the real deal. She's speaking from experience. She's not like... Uh, this is not a story of a narrative self trying to be non-dual. Yeah. So... The words, it depends on who says these words. And sometimes it's bullshit, and sometimes it's the kind of, it's all, I know this kind of, you know, when I, I can use, I could use the same words. And uh, when I use them, I have this feeling of, no, this is not it. That's why one of the difficult things being in a place of the teacher is to keep talking. I mean, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> why, do, why don't I just sink in into fundamental well-being and that's it? So... And and I can I can I can sympathize with you know people like Jack Cornfield or Tara Prach. She she wrote a similar book, uh, uh, To Refuge. Or, so she also brought the direct part into her teachings. And when I read this, then then I can feel the struggle they have, you know, to put something undescribable, unknowable into words. It, it's, it's like, yeah, but that's the way to go. Unless, you know, some people can, some masters can share this through stillness, through presence. I mean, if the Dalai Lama comes in here and sits down, then you know. You know, you, you resonate. Yeah? Something in you, the awakeness in you, resonates with the awakeness of the Master. They, they don't need to say anything. It's like... Whew. And for, for us as non-Dalai Lamas, a very crucial thing is here to have trust in yourself. 
Because when you say sentences like this, there might be this, who am I to say this? I'm not the Dalai Lama. I don't speak Tibetan. Who am I to say that I experience non-dual awareness? That I experience not being separate? How, who am I to, to proclaim, to say, I'm one with everything, there's nobody here. This moment is happening to nobody. So this, this kind of confidence that awakening is available to us here in Copenhagen in the same way it is in Tibet or in India. A lot of awakenings are missed. Or glimpses of awakening. Or the gravitating towards awakening. They are missed because we we feel not worthy or we feel, oh, I don't know, I haven't read all the books or you know, I haven't done enough retreat or something like that. And this is, a, this is one kind of disadvantage, although within the Tibetan tradition, the transmission is still alive and is still available, but the tradition is also, part, is also hierarchical. And uh, so, in a way, as Western, as, as Westerner, you are not supposed to wake up in the Tibetan tradition. They, they, nobody there will acknowledge your, uh, your glimpses. They are Westerner, you know, barbaric. <laughs> so, this is, some, this is very important. And, and there is not so many Tibetan teachers who really believe in their students. I mean, Lama Yishe, for example, is another is is a is a, is a different example. But there is not so much trust into and our awakenings. They are so modest. Yeah. So it's it's difficult for us to trust and to actually recognize you know, these sentences. You know, if if you if you allow them to come and and you kind of look into your experience and then suddenly, yeah, I always felt like that. Or again and again I felt like that. Yeah, it's, I can't find myself. I have experience of forgetting myself. I have experience of going to the ocean and sitting there and then there's only the ocean. That's it. You don't write a Power of Now book about it. For that you need to be American. <laughs> but, but it's happening. Well, Eckhart Tolle is not American, so that was a bad example. <laughs> but, but, but this is, I think this is an important part, this, uh, empowering each other. That's what I try. Not from, uh, from a kind of I'm the teacher, I'm awakened, but 
really like as equals. Yeah? Something else? <clears throat> Yeah. Otherwise, there's another question yes. here. Uh, when I remain as a witness without engaging with objects... You can't remain as a witness. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that answers that question. <laughs> uh, when I remain as a witness without engaging with objects, when compared to engaging with objects, uh, would this be a shift between absolute and relative levels? So write it again. Uh, um. When I remain as a witness without engaging with objects, compared to engaging with objects, uh, without engaging with objects, compared to engaging with objects, would this be a shift between absolute and relative levels? Um, I don't know uh, exactly, I don't really get the question, but one thing is what I said in the beginning. Yeah? So, when I remain as a witness, uh, so there's already too much I there. <laughs> uh, and the other, so far, with a f very few exceptions tonight, I talked about as if the witness and what is being witnessed are two different things. And this is still a provisional, a provisional way to describe this. So it's not... So... The witness and that what is being witnessed, of course, that is still dualistic. Yeah, so there is a, the witness, and now it seems to be really a sexy thing to be there. And then there is the object of, of, of that witness. Yeah. So there is two. It's not, it's not Advaita. It's not two. So the absolute, uh, or the, the non-dual, the, the non-dual experience uh, has no ha, has not the separation between witness and what is being witnessed. And engaging with objects and not engaging with objects. Um, I don't know, maybe I misunderstand this, but 
there is that trap when the stepping backward, which is a provisional step, is a kind of disassoci disassociation, is a kind of... Uh, so when someone says, not engaging with objects, for me it sounds a bit that that kind of so that that kind of disconnection goes too far Probably I didn't say something helpful for that person, but anyway, this was important. To, this was important to say, to to at least conceptually to remember that that as long as we talk on the level of there's clouds and there's sky, and awakening means to rest as the sky. That's provisional. So here it would be better to use the the metaphor of the ocean and the and the and the waves. Yeah. So the this moment is an emanation of the shoreless ocean of consciousness, and that what is being emanated, that which is being displayed, is also the ocean. So stepping into the witness doesn't mean, okay, wow, I'm the witness. Thanks God, I'm not the anxiety. That's provisional. Because you're also the anxiety. And the anxiety is in the nature of love. The display, the emanation of this moment is what we're actually seeking. So the, the witness is not something behind this, what is happening now. It's not like we need to dig through this experience right now, and then there will be the witness, and that's really wonderful. This is, this moment is a display of the witness. It is an empty appearance within consciousness, never leaving the domain of consciousness. So in this perspective, practicing or not practicing, or being miserable or being happy, doesn't matter. It's all the display of God. It's all the display of oneness. And there's nobody there experiencing it. <clears throat> Shit, next time... <laughs> next time I go to self-compassion or something like that. <laughs>
that feels so good, you know, like, ah, self-compassion, being kind to yourself, <laughs> and, ah, yeah, I love myself, and stuff like that. I love it. Okay, thank you very much, all of you, for your attention, also online. Good luck. It's, it's all fine. Huh? It, it's, <laughs> it's all fine. <laughs> if, you, if we, I mean, if we would really experience how fine everything is, how perfect everything is, just this. And this is all we have, right? I mean, the past exists only in fantasy, and the future exists only in fantasy. This is all there is. This is life. It's not happening to someone, but it's fantastic. (laughs) And you are. I mean, you are happening. That's fantastic. 